0: Welcome to the Arch Left Archive podcast. In this episode, we talk to Des Dalton. Des is a long-term Republican activist who joined Republican Sinn Féin in the late 1980s and has served on the party's Art quarrel and as party president from 2009 to 2018. Since leaving the party in 2021, Des has been an independent Republican activist. We discussed Des's political background and his republicanism, which led him to joining Republican Sinn Féin from Ogre Fall in his teens, Politics of Republican in fame, its position in left politics, and the role of internationalism in republicanism. His experience in the party as a member and later as president, and the party's publications and newspaper Searship, And finally, his departure from the party and his perspective on contemporary republicanism and its future direction. There are two articles written by Daz for The Village and The Pensive Quill mentioned in the discussion. You'll find links to these in the notes accompanying this episode. You'll find the Irish Left Archive at leftarchive.ie. Um, as ever, we welcome your feedback on the podcast or on the project in general. You can email us at contact at leftarchive.ie. So thank you for listening and thanks to Des for coming on and talking to us. We started by asking Des about his early political experience.
1: I joined Ogre, Fianna Fáil, when I was 14. I would come from a Fianna Fáil background. Um, yeah, yeah. My particularly on my mother's side now there would be kind of, if you like, on the greener wing of Fianna Fáil, particularly that old, it's probably not even a trend that's in Fianna Fáil any longer um, but there was a kind of an older wing of it, if you like, a kind of a... Charles Haughey, for instance, our house would have been a big Haughey supporting house mm. and that went back to the arms crisis and it went back to people like Blaney and Boland yeah. and all that kind of stuff, so there was a, and a, and a strong sense that people like O'Malley represented a very anti-national, anti-Republican viewpoint within Fianna Fáil so yeah. like I, I I would have grown up in that kind of household where and I would have my grandfather was a big supporter of De Valera and so on. Now I would have I would have seen Fianna Fail and republicanism and all as all kind of war. Mm. And then as I was reading more and more, um, um, I began to see you know there was a lot of contradictions there and there was stuff like in the forties and the internment and executions. Yeah. Plus in the eighties and something that Fianna Fail had always done, uh, they would wave in opposition particularly at that time, particularly up to the 80s, um, mm. when in opposition, they always played very much the strong anti-partition card and the way of the green flag. Um, and that was something that particularly Hawaii was very adept at and was doing mm. that in the 80s. And for instance, like he opposed... I think people forget this, actually. He actually opposed the Anglo-Irish Agreement in 1985. And I, I was looking at a, a, an interview he gave. Um, it was on RT Archives. And like it could be Rory O'Roddy. He was making... Arguments, traditional Republican arguments about how it would be wrong to recognise the legitimacy of the Northern State and so on. That mm. this was, you know, this this was um, a major step away from the intrinsic right of you know Irish, Irish national integrity as a, as a nation and so on, territorial integrity and whatever. Mm. Now again, like everything else, once Fianna Fáil went into government, that was jettisoned and so on. And then extradition yeah. was the big issue, big extradition. Yeah. And again, they signed up to that. So at that stage, I was 14, 15, and this was really, to me, a huge betrayal as far as I was concerned. And I remember being, uh, there was a a group called Fianna Fáil members against extradition. I was about 16, Mm. and I remember we had a protest at the Fianna Fáil-Bodenstown commemoration, for instance.
0: And um,
1: I remember my brother at the time was on the National Executive of Fianna Fáil, and the night that Jim Kelly, Kelly, was being expelled from Fianna Fáil, my brother was at that meeting and I was outside (laughs) with the protesters protesting against this uh, expulsion and so on. Yeah, yeah. Um, But as my more, as I was reading more and getting more absorbed by it all, I began to see that I'm basically, you know, railing against the machine here. That this is, I'm trying to bring Fina Fall back to something it never was anyway. You know, yes, there were genuine people within it and there were people who genuinely believed they were Republicans, but as an organization, as an ethos Mm. and everything else, Mm. This was false. So at that stage, to me, this wasn't a place for me to be, you know, to, to yeah. remain as a member. And, um, I, you know, I, I I began then to look around as to where, what's the next step? Where do I mm. go from here? Mm. And um, because I was so absorbed in, as I say, as I was saying earlier, you know, in, the, in reading and I was really absorbing myself mm. in this kind of looking at that Republican history and this, again, continuity, if you like, but that continuity yeah. of, of, of ideology and organisation and so on. Um, I looked at Provision and Féin, and, 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 and for a period in the 80s, I would have been a big admirer of Jerry Adams and obviously he, he mm. was the most high-profile person. But I also would have mm. been aware at that stage of who people like Rory Obradi and Dahi O'Connell were. And as I looked at, at Provision Schiffen at that point, yeah, I began to look at where what Fianna Fall were like in the late 20s and I kind of thought, this is actually mm. not dissimilar. And mm. yes, at the moment, they're saying a lot of the right things. But if they continue that trajectory and if what people Go like broadly are saying is correct mm. in five, 10, 15 years time, I'm going to be at the same point with these people. And I'm I'm I'll be going in a different mm. direction than they're going in. Yeah. And then I looked at I, I was actually had it was at a, an anti extradition rally at the GPO. It was actually mm. causing the extradition of Father Paddy Ryan, which I believe and, and it was the end of '88. Yeah, and there was a guy selling copies of Saoirse. I Would you believe it? I actually have that copy of Circe still, right. Um and I bought a copy of Saoirse. Uh Didn't even realize it was Republican Sinn Féin's paper. It was just Circe's freedom, and I was kind of interested in it. You know, this is new. <laughs> it's not on Foblock whatever. And I read it, and then I I her a broadie on, it and I realized I made the connections and so on. Yeah, and I kind of lo- I remember mulling over, and I thought, yeah, this this is interesting. They, they, they these people kind of to take all the the rubrics. You know, they 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 have all the the, the links there, if you like mm. the right back to the second all and beyond and and all that republican continuity like is there yeah and i remember that january there was an event in the mansion house to mark the 17th anniversary of the first all Republicans in vane were holding it so i decided just to go up on my own didn't Mm. know anybody kind of suss out what kind of people are there how serious an organization is this and whatever yeah and um i was about 17 whatever at the time and I went along and I remember O'Brady was from O'Connell and um, there was an event at the at the GPO and then the march down to Liberty Hall. And I think they were going out for some kind of a pageant to the cultural in Monkstown. And I mm. remember like I was just I was a god, first of all, seeing people like O'Brady in the flesh, like, you know, yeah. and, um, but I was also impressed by the calibre kind of people. I remember speaking to some Republicans there and there were some older, younger mm. Republicans and so on. And, and I really, really impressed by them mm. listening to the speech and so on. And then I remember telling Rory the story after, some years later. I remember standing about ten feet from him out opposite Liberty Hall. And I just didn't have the courage to even go over and speak to him. I, I wanted to go over and shake his hand and I didn't. But I came away from that. I remember coming home on the train that afternoon and thinking, yeah, I think these hmm. are these are this is my tribe. These are the kind these, these are right. Republicans. This is where yeah. I want to be. So from there then I remember I wrote to um Circe and Rory Ogobrody. Brody, Rory's son was editor hmm. at the time, and I offered to write some historical articles and some pieces. Um, I was kind of gradually rather than go, going all out. Yeah. Join, mm. and so I they, Rory came back and said, yeah, "Absolutely, yes, you send in what you have, and we'll use what we do, will and whatnot, whatever." Yeah. But within about two months, then I just I said to hell with it, and I just put in the application to join, yeah. and kind of from there then that was it. You know, I I I immersed myself fully then from from mm. from that point on. You know.
2: And was it a big sea change? Like, I mean, and and particularly coming from what you describe, broadly speaking, as a greenish Fianna Fáil background. background, um, was it a very big change? Or in actual fact, I mean, you said you, you, you found your tribe. Was it quite a seamless shift across to Republican Sinn It
1: was for me, uh, it, it was, because um I had gone from a point of, I know it sounds strange, like for... 16 or 17 or I was like attending Fianna Fáil meetings and it was constantly roused. Yeah. I was mm. constantly the one bringing up controversial motions. And yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, I, you know, and I like, I remember Charlie McCreevy at one meeting. I remember Charlie McCreevy was a minister at the time, right? And uh, this was a Fianna Fáil quarter-counter meeting in Kildare. Mm. And I remember like he came down and he said, You know, you're a fine, young fella. And you know, you know, we're all Republicans, we're all going to one direction, but you know, we just, um, we just, we, 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 we've, believe in different methods for doing it and so on. Right. Need to stay together or whatever. And I was having none of this. I to yeah. me this is all just, you know, you know, you have that sort of view like, you know, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, this this to me this is not republicanism, you know, right or Republicans right. or not, blah blah blah. But um yeah, so like uh, you know, once I suddenly I was I remember going to my first town for instance in 1989 mm. and R- Dahi O'Connell gave the oration and so mm. you know, I was just yeah I felt this is it. This is I'm I'm part of something now. I'm part of right. Um I suppose when you're, you know, you're a teenager too, is all very grandiose, like I'm part of history and whatever. But like yeah. I was, I was kind of feeling that yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm part now of this Republican movement, and I was even a part of me was kind of thinking, like, all I'm doing is going back to my my roots of even because my own family, my mother's family in particular, you know, they would have been involved at the time of the War of Independence and and yeah. and so on. And so, in many respects, the way I looked at it was that. Pre nineteen twenty six, we're basically just going back to that kind of route as well, you know. And and I was looking at it that way. And plus, the kind of people meeting, mm. many of them were very similar to some of the older members of Ennepfall that I'd known. You know what I mean? There were not yeah. like, some of them were rural farmers. There were, um, some some of the council like Sean Lynch and Longford and people like that. Um, yeah. you know, they were really really good people. Now I remember my own family. My my mother and father, my father in particular, at at the beginning was very opposed. Not so much. It was more for me. He said, like you know, you, mm. you, you can actually end up in jail here. You know, this mm. is. He was worried for me personally. My mother was much more supportive, um, mm. um, and and understand understood exactly, you know, my position and so on, and supported my brother or, or sorry, my 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 father now. But again, that was more, uh, for my personal safety than anything else. Yeah. Uh, and then the kind of people, you know, that that he thought that might be involved in this, because again, the image. That you know, country media. Mm-hmm. These people are all thugs, yeah. and you know, yeah. and that wasn't just Republican campaign. That applied to, provisions campaign. It was across the board. Like as you can, this is in the late eighties. Like you know,
2: yeah, of course. And
1: is. I remember on a, on a couple of uh, there was an occasion. There was a, a, a man called Matt Conway. Got be good to him now. He's gone now from mm. Cullen. And Matt would have been you know uh, around my father's age, a long time Republican, mm. and he was one of the, the first people that when I joined, I would have had most to do with. And I remember on one occasion I came back from a commemoration and Matt came in, my mother invited him in for tea Definitely. he met my father and so on. And so my father said, my father realised, this, this is a man like myself, he's just an ordinary South Kildare yeah. man. He worked, he was he, he was a barman in the hideout in Kikolin for many years and so on. And just an ordinary, and I remember after that was, I could see a change in my father because suddenly he could see the kind of people that, so see, these people don't have horns, you know, they're, mm, they're yeah. ordinary, decent Irish people just like, just like myself and so on. And um, the other sea change for my father, funny enough, was that when the house was, ra- house was raided in 1994, right? And I remember at the time thinking, "This will make or break him now," you know. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it actually, and the irony was, it was the Fianna Fail government was 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 there when it yeah. when it happened, yeah. and I remember that actually had the opposite effect with him as well. That actually made it, he was very angry over that. He was very angry. Right. His attitude was, "My son is involved in a political organization. Mm. Um. Why are you coming to my house? Why yeah. are you trying to criminalise my son? And it made him very, very bitter, very, very. Now he remained a member of Fianna Fáil after that and so on. But mm-hmm. it was, uh, yeah, it had an opposite effect on him now because he saw my how genuine I was in my republicanism, yeah, and a number of people that he'd met. He certainly didn't regard them as criminals or as as, as, as people worthy of that kind of treatment. You know,
2: the other side is it wasn't a prescribed organisation, no no, 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 like you know. That's, inter- that's really interesting because I was wondering, like, uh, would there have been attention there? It's interesting how you described it as being slightly different. Obviously, like, you found it tried, but I mean, in terms of the principles and I mean, policy isn't quite the right word, but you know what I mean? Because people underplay like the left aspect of um, O'Brody and so forth. But did you find an immediate identification with that sort of aspect of his thinking and his personality? I was coming in with a kind of a, I, I was. Increasingly developing
1: a left perspective even before I joined, and I mean, like mm. I remember reading people like Pat O'Donnell, and that in the. In the yeah, I remember yeah. when Pat O'Donnell died. I remember, for instance, we had a Christian brother, and this is in 1985 yeah. or '86, beginning of '86. And I remember, like, saying to us in the classroom, this man was, you know, ungodly, and you know, wow. an oh, was, this, this is indeed, yeah. like. I remember uh, this Christian brother was probably in the 70s now at this stage. I remember there was, it was was he was any kind of a relief teacher, but yeah. I, that's I was I was about 14. I was so angry. I was really I so angry over that, and I remember I didn't, I hadn't, you know, mm. you didn't kind of speak up, like. But yeah, yeah. I remember going home and railing to my mother about it, and she was disgusted as well, Um, because again, Pat O'Donnell would have been someone that we would have respected in our house again.
2: Yeah, yeah, of course.
1: He was, a, you know, uh, he, he he was a veteran of the period. But I, uh, mm. yeah, the more I read about people like O'Donnell, and Frank Edwards, and all those kind of people, and Frank Ryan, and mm. I was kind of felt, yeah, this is this is, is republic, this is part of republicanism. It's important mm. that we ha- we address that, like like i remember in in um i think it was for the 75th anniversary of the the
0: 1913
1: lockout yeah um yeah. in 1988 and sip uh, ran uh an essay competition i remember entering an essay i'd love to, i'd love to read it back now but right. basically the what, the argument i was making in the essay was that 1913 was part of that national continuum that led on to 1916 yeah. and that, and i i even went back to the fenians and the connection to the second international all mm. of, uh, basically that republicanism and the left that it was part of the one kind of national movement at SWAT. So that be right. you know, like that's how my mind was kind of thinking. So it was it was I won't say, it wasn't a reservation of Republican Sinn Fein. Like there was this perception that mm. Republicans were much more conservative. And mm. that was something that yes, within within like any movement, as say, uh, you know, any national movement, and yeah. it's the same with provision Sinn Fein whatever. It's it's a broad church. So yes, mm. there would be people that would be more maybe socially conservative as yeah. opposed to others. But broadly within it, people were, and particularly obviously people like O'Brady and O'Connell were very much of the left mm. and the kind of ideas and um, the discussion that they had and or their, even their, like their attitude on the EEC as it was then and so yeah. on. Yeah. To me, they, they, they ticked all the right boxes. You know, their their, their their positions and views and so on were, you know, I, I, I felt were spot on and I had things to say because again, this was the perception that mm. Republican Sinn Féin was a... Small little splinter group of very old conservative mm. one-track minded people, and I found within it it was far from that, and there were people with an international perspective, interested yeah. in wide aspects of society, but the development of Ireland socially and economically. Yeah. Um, and and that excited me. You know, I felt like the, you know, it,
0: it,
1: you know, the whole idea of Erenua. Yeah.
0: Uh,
1: was part of that, and then Sailua it was developed in the early nineties. I was there, I was there when that whole, the, mm. the social economic program was developed and like people like Anthony Cockton and so on, Desmond Fennel, um, Ray Crotty, they were invited in to, 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 to feed into that kind of discussion as well. So yeah, I mean, all of that to me reinforced the sense that I'm in the right place, you know?
0: Yeah.
2: And with Sel Near there was a renewed emphasis on cooperatives and so forth, wasn't yeah. there? Like it was, yeah. it was, it was, it was, Social and economic as a program, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: and it, and people forget about era new as well. I mean, mm, the, the genesis mm. of that is in the mid '60s. You know, yeah. so like even people like Ray Johnson and so on were involved in those area discussions, and 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 Sean O'Briody was another person that was yeah. that, that was central to that. And as I say, what muddy the waters then obviously was the, the whole issue around obsessionalism and and, yeah. and and those other. But like I mean, in terms of the development of those ideas, uh, I, like I, I would argue that probably people like O'Briody. Had probably more in common with someone like McGilla than they had right. with obviously people like Jerry Adams, or whatever. Like in many respects, yeah, um, that's an uh, uh, yeah in yeah. those areas, and I think that's why I I I think there was actually probably the the, 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 the split in '86. In some respects, I felt, and I wasn't around for that either, but mm. I felt that there was a more bitterness about that than it's at times than there was about '6970. Like I I felt yeah. a, a Roddy walked into a room. He would be more comfortable speaking, which I actually witnessed it myself. I remember um, he 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 bumped into Sean Garland on one occasion, and Sean was quite uncomfortable. You know, you could see his body language, but Rory was a very affable person, and Rory just went straight over and he said, "Oh, Sean, I will too," and whatever, and shook hands, and you could see Garland just visibly relaxed. Right, like that, you could see Rory often said to me that he, he 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 would be more comfortable. Probably you know speaking to someone like that, then he would have was to bump into Mark McGinnis or 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 or, right. or or Jerry Adams, you know.
2: Yeah, that's um, interesting.
1: <laughs> but the, the, again, that ferment of ideas of that period of this the 50s, sixties, and so on. Um I think there was a lot, the, you know, a lot of those people had more in common in that regard, and mm. I think it's kind of fed into that kind of thinking later on. Then by people like O'Brady
2: and O'Connell, you know. Do you think that was because there was an element of it was regarded as? Dare I say a homegrown approach to socialism and to the left, in relation to how it would apply to Ireland, as distinct perhaps from looking at. And I, again, I don't want to overstate this because everybody mm. looks at models from all over. But you know, rather than say looking at social democracy or democratic socialism or indeed the Soviet experience, which or or Mao or whoever, like there yeah. seem to be an awful lot of people who, when they went looking for socialism, and understandably because it's international, but they'd look for certain aspects. Outside of Ireland, as I think, from perhaps trying to engender stuff that was already on the ground, which might be pushed in a more left direction. Again, cf. You know, as as respect yeah, yeah, cooperative and the cooperative movements and so forth, and uh, you know, yeah, and
1: I mean that that cooperative idea was going back to the forties, like you, Conor Gorse and you, had people like Seamus On and so on, yeah. and pushing that idea forward in the in the forties. And in fact, Seamus was still around. I, I remember Seamus in the, in in the early nineties. He was he, he he was he was still about. But yeah. Um, yeah, that that kind of thinking was there. Um, I will say, and again, this goes back to again, we're talking earlier on about stereotypes and and and, mm. and the, the complexity of of the narrative. Like even in the fifties, even pre sixty two and so on, that Republican movement of the fifties. You look at the the United Irishman mm. from that period. A lot of it is taken up, not a lot, but quite a bit of it is taken up with what's happened in Cyprus. What's yeah. happening in in, in, uh, in Algeria? Um broadly speaking, it's looking at the, the, that wider anti-colonial movement and sees Ireland, sees the the, the Republican movement as, as part of that. So there, mm. like, there isn't an international perspective there. Um and and and, and addresses itself to it. So again, there's a stereotype that 362 mm. that you know there was this kind of very narrow focus. And that's not to say that the were people like that. Yes, there were, mm. but they were also within it. People who were very traditional Republicans, but there were also people who were very engaged with that wider political spectrum. I mean, like like Seamus Murphy uh, as a practical example of it. Yeah. His escape from Wakefield, where there was active cooperation with the with the Eoka uh, Cypriot prisoners in, yeah, in, yeah. in Wakefield and so on. And I remember attending a a, 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 a brilliant night um, back in 2006, mm. where uh, V.S. Lividas was one of those men. He'd he'd written a, a memoir. And was translated into English, and I had the lunch right. in Dublin, and it was a dinner that night. And Rory couldn't attend, and I was asked to go in his place. Mm. And all these Cypriot veterans were there, and people like um, Seamus Murphy, mm. um, Manus Canning, people like that that mm. had been in Wakefield and had been in Mormon Scrubs and in, in England with these people in the fifties and so on. And it was a great sense of camaraderie, and and, and from that, and right. like I remember Seamus saying to me, like I mean, someone like Sean Devon, for instance, learned to speak Greek, you know, so he could converse with the your prisoners when he was in there and there was from that there was very strong links that were later developed in the 70s that came from those initial uh links and contacts with people like Charlie Murphy and so on mm. so like and it's much more complex the picture so i think that that kind of the, the political thinking within within the the republican movement from the 50s, 60s onwards mm. um, from both strands of what would later become the split in sixty nine seventy, was very uh informed by that that kind of view and very yeah. informed by that wider worldview, that it wasn't just a very narrow focus. It's Ireland yeah. as part of a, a broader international struggle, you know.
2: Yeah, and that obviously continued on into Republican Sinn Féin. I mean, was there a sense of an active effort to maintain links as best as was possible with?
0: Oh yeah, that manifest
2: uh, like
1: absolutely. Um,
2: well, uh, even what before I joined, like for instance, in
1: from the mid-eight, from from the time displayed of to in eighty-six, like there was mm. there was a number of, like for instance, the the the, the, the Brown independence oh, yeah. movement. And um, there was one guy there. His name escapes me at this moment. He actually was a prisoner at the time. Um, he was very deter- He was very clear of what was happening in Ireland. And he made it clear from early on that he was supporting Republican Sinn Féin and so on. Mm. And I remember like there was links developed with MGAN in, 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 in Brittany. And uh, like I, I, for in, in the mid two thousands, I actually attended a meeting in Brittany and, actually took part in the anti um the, the French were having their referendum at the time on the, the, the whole European constitution. The um, was
2: in it was uh, yeah yeah Lisbon.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I actually remember taking part in uh in, in, in some small amount of campaigning with them. But I spoke at a couple well, of yeah. events out there and so on, giving the Irish perspective and our position on that and so on. So that was that was part of it. There was also um some links in Brittany less or in, in the Basque country less so there again mm. The provisions had that very tied up and made sure that we by and large we were kind of you know repulsive or frozen out from that. But there right. was there was a number of those links. Like I remember like in Corsica as well we, we with that the, there was links developed there. Hmm. And um for instance I attended uh, a couple of conferences in the early two thousands um there was a group called Chiman. it was a conference of the stateless nations of Europe.
0: Right, and it was yeah.
1: basically representatives there from all of the various you know from of the most obvious like the Basques and the Bretons yeah. and Corsicans and so on. Yeah. But you had people there from Sardinia, you had Occitania. There was a, there was a wide spectrum, and they actually drafted the the idea of a, of a of a kind of a a shadow of the we'll say the um, the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Well, th- this idea was for a Universal Declaration of the Rights of mm. na- of Nations, and they basically are about enshrining an international law, the rights right. of, of 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 you know small na- nationalities and so on to a nation state and and and, and sovereignty and so on. Yeah. So again, that was something that was really interested in Republican champion and uh, O'Brodie in particular um, mm. always had a very strong international sense. Um, mm. And like himself and people like Richard B. Hall back in mm. the 70s and that day, they, they traveled extensively around Europe um, oh, yeah. and did a lot of work there, did a lot of work. And um, Rory actually told me that when in 1982, when Erenou was jettisoned, and that stage mm. really. All the power lay with the Belfast people again, for the want of a better term hmm. to use it. Um Rory actually wanted to step down as president, and um he was prevailed upon to 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 remain one more year. And he was effectively, as he knew himself, he was simply going to be a figurehead. Yeah. What he'd want to do was to kind of remove himself from the scene, and he said he he would remain on, but he would concentrate on international work, and he would basically take him. And that's what he did. He did a lot of travelling about, but he always had a, an eye. To that wider scene, and all saw saw like very important. Like in the in the in the early seventies, for instance, I think himself and hall attended a conference in Canada, and again mm. there was representatives there. I think it was under the auspices of the UN, and there was representatives there from a wide variety of um, anti-colonial struggles from Africa yeah. right across the right across the world, you know, and um, and and from around Europe. And again, abroad up- it was all about centering republicanism yeah. at, the, at the heart of all of that kind of thing, you know.
2: And, and I guess the other side as well is. I mean, not to overstate it, but people took some inspiration from the Irish struggle. Oh, the completely, parents. absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Like, so, it, like it was two way process. I remember,
1: I remember myself personally speaking at events um, mm. in Sweden and in um, in Barcelona and and in in Brittany and mm. like I, I remember any of the, any of the events you would go to, there was always obviously you know a big interest in Ireland, and there was always two yeah. names that would immediately. Get recognition and you immediately got attention. Yeah. One was Bobby Sands and the other was right. James Conley. and it was just right. they, they, they were both. They had a massive grip. Like you really—you really grabbed their attention when you when you if, if you mentioned Sands or Conley, you know. And it was and I always fascinated about Conley in particular because yeah, you would yeah. think Connolly is this very more remote figure than Sands. You can understand to a degree,
0: mm. yeah. And,
1: but 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 Connolly had this huge grip. In fact, just a, a brief anecdote. John Brody told me this one in in the in the in the seventies. It was a journalist, which um, it was a French journalist, with uh, the paper with, with Liberation, and mm. he was a Connolly fanatic. He absolutely was fascinated with Conley. Mm. and um Nora Connolly O'Brien came and spoke at the Provisional Sinn Féin Ardesh. I think this mm. was about seventy-seven, it was shortly before she died, mm. and your man missed some of the introduction, but he mm. got that she was Connolly O'Brien, but he. What, he came to Sean O'Brady and he said, "This lady, what is her connection to James Connolly? It's his daughter." He could not believe this was the daughter of James Connolly. Like was, to him, Connolly was almost a god. Like it was unbelievable that there could be wow. somebody so. Good. So of course he had to be introduced, and he was yeah. oh, he was just blown away by it. You know, <laughs> so it was yeah. So um, yeah, uh, that that's something that I found that that kind of connection. I and mean, absolutely, the hunger strikes obviously had a huge yeah. effect. But I also say as well that a lot of the work that people like Bee Hall. And mm. audience did in the 70s, they lay the groundwork so that when the hunger strikes occurred, when all that happened, there was quite a network of support organisations and, and information groups about Ireland around Europe yeah. to harness that, you know, to kind of to feed into mm. it, to tap into it. I'm not saying that there would not have been, you know, mm. there was obviously huge media interest in what was happening. Yeah. I, mean, I think people had a much deeper understanding than maybe were given credit for because of that, because of that kind of work, you know, and um, that that engagement with it, you know.
2: Yeah, to a certain extent, obviously, there was a constraint on Republican Sinn Féin because, as you say, like, uh, Provisional Sinn Féin had taken some yeah. of that. Yeah. But obviously, there was still an effort to keep links open as, as much as possible. Oh, absolutely.
1: And, and where we could, we took uh, any international invitations we got, we, yeah, of course, we, we yeah. took them up and we travelled and, uh, and maintained contact. And yeah. you know, even at a basic level, things like Saoirse with a mailing list. Um, I'm sure it still exists, but there was a mailing list and there was people from across the globe would receive yeah. a monthly copy of Saoirse at a minimum level, you know, that kind of thing. But there was also mm-hmm. other links. And then, as I say, Obradi's name carried as well. And he, he had, because of those contacts from going back, um, mm. that opened quite a number of doors as well, you know. And there was that link. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I remember um, that conference i attended in Barcelona. And um, just in a lighter note, there was a guy there from the um, in the Basques. Yeah. And he yeah. wanted to interview me for their paper. Right. And um, so I began, we did the interview whenever, and I was starting to talk about, you know, the, the 1998 agreement and why this was a betrayal of basic republicanism. And I could see a man's face was, he was perplexed by this and he couldn't understand. And eventually he asked me, could we start the interview again? And he said, maybe you didn't understand my question. So I went back in. Anyway, the note of it was he thought I was with provisional Sinn Féin, not Republican Sinn Féin. Oh. And when I explained you could see, oh, right, um, can we reschedule the interview? I knew that was the end of the interview, and that was it. He did not want to touch me with a barge pole, and he was gone. Really? You know, Yeah, yeah, he was... Uh...
2: <laughs> so was that...
1: Yeah, romantic. yeah, yeah. Now, he was there at the conference, and we were, were friendly and so on, but I mm. could see there was more of a distance when he realised he thought I was with provision pain. Yeah,
0: And I okay. believe their
1: links with them had been really tightened at that stage. I mean, you know, they were... Yeah, yeah. They, they kind of shut down. I think their idea was that you don't speak to these people basically, these people yeah. are dissidents and whatever. And that's interesting. You know, um, and frustrating as well. Very frustrating, absolutely. You know. Yeah. Um, because I, I think myself at times it's foolish to take it make judgment calls on what's happening in another struggle. Mm. Like I my my I'm a firm believer um that you know, you, you support a general principle, you know, mm. say the principle of the right of the Palestinian people to national independence, so on. Mm. The minutiae of that and the political minutiae of it. Ultimately, is a matter for them. It's not up to me from Ireland to come in and start imposing or mm. taking sides. And okay, you'll you'll, mm-hmm. you'll you'll have a general instinct, or you'll you'll, yeah. you'll you'll read and you'll do an analysis and whatever, and you will say yeah. there's one political trend maybe that you would probably favour more over another. But you know, I think to kind of just limit yourself to taking just one line completely like that, I think it's you know, yeah. I think it's 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 not good. It's not healthy, you know.
2: Yeah, it can be very constraining. Yeah you mentioned Saoirse and I have to ask you because you are saying before before we started yeah. recording you were saying like um, you know it's funny how the experience of active, uh, people are active in sure. political parties is sure. so similar. Yeah. When you went into RSF, Saoirse obviously existed. Yeah. Just in terms of like what you did, what did you do? I mean obviously there was meetings to attend and so on and so forth but there was a lot of paper sales or trying to get out and sell the paper or and, and yeah. then what was the role of Saoirse in relation to promoting the party and so forth? Maybe like to Gives a sense of that. Yeah,
1: um, I, I'd say Sirsha was very, uh, and it's still still in existence. Mm. Um, mm. It's, it's amazing, actually, and it's a testament to people like Lita, Lita Nkwavil, Lita Campbell in particular. Mm. She's still there on the editorial board. She's there from the beginning. Yeah. Um, mm. She actually worked on, on a full block prior to that. But um, it, 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 Sirsha, I suppose, every Republican organisation, basically, you know, going back to the UI and even before that, yeah, it had a, it had its paper, you know. I yeah. actually I knew people who sold the UI, who sold on Foblock and Rinnmudan, and sold Circe. You know, <laughs> <laughs> there was one called Sean McAnumera, Um, got me good to Mount Galway, and every Saturday Sean would stand in Air Square, and he did that from the fifties right the way through. So he sold all the various papers right the way up along the way. But yeah, it it was it, it served a number of purposes. Hmm. And number one, um, I think what it did was it served to, um, as a hook. For the, you know, to kind of bring the, 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 or keep the organization tight, you know, Mm. so the people, at a basic level, people could pick up the paper and can see, I'm in Kildare, I can see what's happening in Mayo, that, oh, there was a commemoration, or there was an event, or what's happening in Derry, or what was happening in Cork, um, and, you know, there there was events, there was organization, there was structure, and I could put in something about my own area. From a, a you know, Republican educational point of view, it was the, the, the usual, as you get in all of these mm. kind of Republican literature, you get your historical articles and, and, mm. and pieces and so on as well. That that was part of it. And then you got your international news. So from a membership point of view, th- th- it was a morale boost because it showed this is what the movement is doing. These are the international yeah. links we have. This is the activities happening on the ground there's new comments set up here whatever. Mm. Outside of that, in terms of promoting the organisation, yeah, it was, a, it, it, was a, it, it was a means by which people got out and engaged in ways yeah. that maybe they wouldn't have otherwise um, had the opportunity to do. Mm. Um, even at a most basic level, going out every Saturday night and doing rounds of the pubs or yeah. going to uh, events. I, I, I was always a firm believer if there was an anti-war march or whatever it was, get your role of Sears under your arm. If, if at minimum that's all you can do is go and have them there and you can engage with people and so on. Some people may not have even heard of a Republican Sinn Féin. Suddenly, well, hmm. here's our introduction to it. Here's encapsulates. This is what the organisation is about. This is our activities and so on. So, from that point of view, it was it, it, it was also a strength to hmm. have that kind of you know to have a paper to have something to say substantial. That there is an organisation here. This is not just a
0: hmm.
1: a bunch of uh, a, you know a bunch of people talking in a room that we actually are putting together every month without fail. This paper comes out, and it was like a paper that I, I would even have said so myself. Particularly that period, it was a very high quality paper. Like even our political opponents would have admitted yeah, that. Yeah. Like that in terms of the quality of the writing and content and so on, it was quite substantial and a lot of work went into it. And mm. uh, Rory Ogilboddy in particular was a very, very good, very effective editor. Uh,
2: was it difficult? Was it difficult to produce? I mean, was a lot of like, did you find, did you find getting content was difficult, or even getting it out on time? Or... No,
1: it, 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 in that sense it wasn't because there was mm. again Republican Champagne at that point was quite a bigger organization probably than it is now so there was a lot mm. more activity going on on the ground again there was quite a number of contacts from abroad so we were also getting kind of material there from and um, people that come into searsha in america wow. uh, and their activities and so on there and um then rory og was very good at kind of getting people to write different pieces maybe do an analysis piece or a book mm. review or um or, or or whatever a report on you know, somebody might attend say the grade Summer School. You do yeah. a report on that, and you give a report on yeah. the on, on the content. We give a, an analysis of of what was said, stuff like that. Yeah. So no, it it, it, it probably the biggest crisis was just putting it together. It was was to say when you have a, a daily paper, you have a daily crisis. When you yeah. have a paper, you have a monthly crisis. Well, yeah. the monthly crisis in Sierra for about three or four days in the lead up to getting it out. It was like yeah. someone described. <laughs> it was like giving birth. Like it you, know, <laughs> you know, eventually, you, you, and the paper was produced. And uh, voila, I yeah. had
2: another paper. Uh, we ever tempted to up the frequency, or was that something that?
1: Um, it was often discussed, but I think um, I, I, probably financially it probably just wasn't a runner, and in terms mm. of again finite resources, in terms of people yeah, as well, course, yeah. human resources, yeah. it's, it's a big undertaking. Like it was, you know, it it took a lot to produce for one month with yeah. you know the people we had, you know, let alone ideally. Yeah, I mean, the, the early seventies, I think, on full block initially was a was a monthly paper, and then by the early seventies. Again, just with sheer you know momentum and numbers, it it, it became a weekly paper. But you know, Republican Chevene just didn't have that kind of um, yeah that kind yeah. of uh, mass, you know, to do that. Yeah. But it was yeah, yeah. but it, it certainly had been discussed uh, as, as as something to do. But mm. um, as I say, just I- ensuring that paper was produced every month was always seen as you know just a, a fundamental. Um, again, You know, R- Rory would often say that the, the two. If you like the most basic signs of life of republicanism in any given area would be, one does it hold an Easter commemoration, and two is, yes. is, is the paper sold there. And it, it, there you're just if you're like you're looking for the most basic life signs within a county, for instance, that's that that's what what you would look for, you know. Yeah. And as I say, kind of social kind of fell into that. Uh, it fell into that continuum of we say full block UI mm. and so on, and it was it was kind of part of that,
2: you know. And and in terms of policy documents and so forth, because I mean, again, the archive has yeah. a fair few yeah. RSF docs, mm-hmm. and so obviously these were being produced on a reasonably frequent basis. Yeah. I mean, again, in a sense, I gets to the point of like, what was in a sense the goal at that point in time? Was it to maintain that strand of republicanism, as you were just quoting uh, Rory O'Brien there? Like, I mean, that's a really interesting. Keep it going. Keep the. I, sorry, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I'm curious as to what.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I would, I'd I, say that's a fair point. I, I I, would think that would be a fair point. I mean, mm. at a minimum, it was to ensure, if you like, the flame was, was kept lit. Yeah. There was, um, I remember actually Rory saying to me that when the split happened in eighty six, mm. Kevin Boland, the Fianna Fáil Minister, met mm. him shortly afterwards, and he said to a broadie, he said Republican Sinn Féin, he said, "Are the insurance document, or the insurance policy, if the road that Jerry Adams Company aren't going for republicanism that if really? nothing else it can be it can never be said that there is an, or, an organized body of people still loyal to the Republican a mm. week. And I think that was to a s extent that was how a lot of Republicans felt that Republican Shafey if uh, a minimum was a kind of a it was a beacon saying it was flying mm. a flag and saying there are still traditional Republicans here with an organization, with a structure, mm. and we're keeping it alive and if this thing flounders or you know, if people are looking for a home then it's here, you know, and there, there's people articulating that view and articulating a, you know, a very traditional Republican message. So I think yeah. from that point of view, I think that would have been seen as a fundamental raison d'etre of Republicans uh, at that period to ensure, as I say, that 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 that's, that spark was kept
2: kindled. Yeah. If you like, yeah. I mean, that raises another question, which is, did the state itself push back hard against? I mean, I'm just thinking, like, sure. even stuff like saying, Syria. Do people get hassled?
1: Oh, absolutely, and it, yeah. it, it varies from area to area. Some yeah. areas would would have got more harassment than others, mm. but all it, it, oh, very much so. And I mean, for instance, even simple things like our office in Dublin, there was almost mm. constantly Mr French car outside. People going to right. the shop. There was a bookshop there, and there would often yeah. be people just members of the public going in buying books and would be stopped immediately. Oh, you know who those people are, and you know, kind of warn people away from going in there and having right. you know those people are SDI should and really be going into that shop and mm. that kind of stuff. Um, the be you know the usual stuff, you know, getting your name and address. I don't know how many times I gave my name and address, you know, it it was like a you know anytime you'd attend an event or yeah, um, commemorations, anything that that was again part of course, you know, uh, and new members would get a lot of attention, uh, particularly mm-hmm. younger members, you know, mm-hmm. Um and sometimes we, if there was a sense that the parents were uh, you know uncomfortable, then they would get a, a house visit. You know, and right, that would often yeah. be the end of that, that person, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: It varied depending on on circumstance and time and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, the the levels of harassment. It was like a tap, they could turn it on and off as as a suit. Yeah. Um, but like for instance, the Ardesh now um would be for instance we had a long for, for a number of years we had to move um venue every year because they would basically the, the, the special ranch would put so much attention on that venue. Especially if it was a hotel, the hotel would not want to see us again the they following year. Back. Wow. Now, Wins Hotel, since the what, the early two thousands, it's been there every year, and Wins have basically just said, "The hell mm. would you like?" You know, um, yeah, yeah, and 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 they've 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 hosted it there. But they, even at that level, um, that 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 was the kind of thing that happened,
2: you know. That's interesting.
1: But again, it's 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 part of that Republican experience, and if you you, you yeah. go back through all the different decades, even when there wasn't an armed campaign. And mm. um, that's the kind of thing I think it's just something that state do. If you look at, you know, if you go into the National Archives and look at the old special branch oh, reports yeah, yeah. going back to the 60s, you get the same thing.
0: Yeah. Who attended
1: the yeah. commemoration, blah, 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 you know. And even if it was mm. a case where it was the older libels, they would still be there, you know, taking yeah. the names in, in in cases of people that were maybe involved 60, 70, 80 years, you know.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, yeah, it's funny because I remember in the WP back in the 80s, a lot of people I knew had a very similar experience. Yeah. Which yeah, would make yeah. some people smile <laughs> in yeah, some yeah, ways. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. You know you you obviously moved through the ranks inside Republican Sinn Fein and wound up as president. How, how did that come about, broadly speaking?
0: Uh,
1: well, it was never something I, I would have envisaged for myself, yeah. to be honest, you know. And, and uh, there was some internal conflict within Republican Sinn Féin in the, in the early 2000s. And right, um, yeah. there was um, a, a group mainly based around Limerick in particular and, and um, one of our vice presidents days long and so on would, would, would mm. have been associated with some of those people. And that, because prior to that, I would have Seen as long as somebody as you know, he was kind of a, you know, a veteran Republican, a little bit younger than O'Brady but kind of you know, similarly, someone that held national leadership positions going back to the 60s and so on. Yeah, so, you know, would have had utmost respect for him and would have seen him maybe as potentially as even though it wouldn't be many years and different him and Rory as someone maybe would hmm. become president and so on. So, as that friction developed, and I was kind of thrown. You know, at that stage, then it was kind of, to me, it was a battle for the soul of 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 Republican Sinn Féin and yep. what it represented, and yep. I found myself lining up alongside, you know, people like O'Brady and others to do that. Mm. And I suppose I was someone that was attending a lot of meetings around the country and speaking on mm. this issue and and so on. And mm. I was going to places that maybe people like O'Brady couldn't go. And right, I was becoming maybe in some respects his. Arms and legs and and, and yeah. you know that ability to travel and so on. And I kind of found myself being kind of more and more in that kind of central position. And as I looked mm-hmm. around me, I was beginning to realise that there there isn't anybody else really to, to fill that gap. And then I, I you know I was there was a year then I was proposed to go forward as one of two vice presidents. Yeah. And myself and Des Long actually ended up as vice presidents. So when it ultimately came about in '09. Mm. Des Long went forward against me, or I went forward against him, whichever way you want to put it. But overall like, I already made it very clear, like that I was the person that he wished to see. In yeah. fact, Long and those were kind of lining up to say, "Oh, that this is going to be a coronation or whatever." And I remember at the time saying, "Give them their election. We'll have an absolutely. We we'll have an election because yeah, yeah. I knew the strength of feeling within the organisation was very much opposed to what these people were 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 trying to do and and mm. kind of what they represented. And um. I remember a journalist at the time asking me, like, what was the key, you know, difference between the as long, and, seven and, seven. and I, I remember at the time I, I kind of just brushed it off and I just said, generational. Um, it was probably, in, in truth, was much more than that. As I said, it, to me, it was, mm. and not just to me, others felt the same. There was people at that point ready to just walk away. They, were, they, would, mm. they would have walked away, like, to them, that was the end of, the you know, Republican Sinn Féin, and uh, uh, that kind of authentic republicanism. So that when I was elected, a lot of people saw it as kind of, you know, ensuring that that kind of, authentic strain as i say i'm not putting myself mm-hmm. forward as some kind of you know crusade or whatever but it was that i i, I represented that so as i well suppose in many respects i certainly found myself president in a situation where I, I five years before there was no way i would have thought it yeah,
0: about. Mm-hmm. yeah. so it was
1: kind of i won't say it by accident but it was literally as that whole process and that that conflict developed yeah i was certainly kind of the last man standing in some respect uh, of that next mm-hmm. generation yeah, that, that mm-hmm. you know that generation down from O'Brady, you know, like for instance, I would have seen someone like Rory O'G as to me, I, I I thought potentially he would have been a president, but then he had family circumstances and other things, and he became just less active and so on. Hmm. Um, and suddenly you kind of looked around, and I, I I'm not beating myself up here, but there was nobody kind of prepared to kind of step into that, and I thought, oh shit, <laughs> 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 the music stopped playing, and I'm 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 the I'm the yeah. one left left standing here. But that was it, yeah, and that that was. Where,
2: where where it lay. Was that like another sea change or was it like uh, uh how did you find it? Was it
1: it's, yeah, it was it it was, it was daunting and it was conscious of um I, I remember I remember Rory coming to me. There was an R Corley meeting that I, I'd been a candidate in the local elections that year in, in mm. that June. And like uh, anyone's ever taken part in an election, particularly as a candidate, like you're you're absolutely wrecked for weeks after it, like, you know. And, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, I, I, I just basically took about a month just to myself. And I remember coming back right. to my first R Carly meeting that July and someone had said to me, Rory was a bit worried, you know, he hadn't we hadn't seen you. He knew we were taking a break, mm. whatever, just for the for mm. the few weeks. And um I kind of just sensed there's something coming here, you know. I, I kinda sensed he'd said certain things and I remember that day we were walking down to the R. Carly meeting and all he said to me mm. was be prepared he said for a call to call to duty he said in a few weeks time he said I'll talk more to you in September and I knew I didn't you know you didn't need to be a rocket scientist to work out what was coming yeah. I, I, I I knew where, where where this was going and then that September then we we met with him and he announced that he was he was going to step aside and and um he wanted to you know propose you know yeah through the, through the shoot so on but that was it yeah. yeah so yeah it was it was quite daunting I was quite, very conscious of but historically, the mantle I was taking on and the responsibility, mm. everything, all, if you like, everything that comes with it, the responsibility, the sense of honour I felt, first of all, it was yeah. and, and trust being placed on me. And then, as I said, the sheer responsibility of that you were trying to carry this as well, you know, yeah. hopefully not on your own, but that you were kind of mm. the figurehead, if you like, you were the, mm. the public, maybe not the figurehead, the public face of all of, of, all of this. Mm. And um, there was a lot of, you know, there was a lot of work, a lot of travelling. And then on top of that, then, within my first year days long and the limit group broke away and you had this continuity, Sinn Fein and continuity oh yeah, yeah, all that kind of stuff. So the, a lot of that happening as well. And I remember I, I, I basically went on a on a I travelled throughout the full thirty two counties, mm-hmm. all branches of the organization to explain exactly what was happening and and, 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 and so on. I even I travelled across to Britain and ultimately in twenty eleven I went to America as well because I felt it important to consolidate yeah. our own base and make sure people were crystal clear, which they were in fairness. I mean, I was really pushing an open door. But I felt also it was important to reassure people that yeah. this thing is in safe hands. We're okay. We're in control. We're on top of this. Hmm. Um, and, you know, that was part of it. But I felt that unfortunately you were constantly at that. You were putting out fires, you know, and yeah. you, were, you were dealing with this kind of thing. And in hindsight, looking back, I think in many respects, it's kind of symptomatic, of an organisation that's probably in trouble. Um, and it's it's probably common to any, a lot of organisations that when that happens, you have a lot of feuding, you have a lot of rows, you have a lot of,
0: mm. you know,
1: I'm sure you you see it in a lot of other radical organisations yeah. and groups. Yeah. Um, I remember Rory even saying to me back in the 40s, like he, he didn't remember, but when he first joined in the 50s, there was veterans from the 40s period who were in the internment camps and you had the Leem Ledy group and you had there was a bitterness there that carried on into the 50s and it was people that wouldn't speak to each other. And as Robroddy yeah. said at the time, the reason for that was there was lack of activity. People weren't, they had nothing else to occupy themselves with. And mm. it, it turned into this kind of stuff. And I felt that what was happening at that stage with Republican Sinn was, again, it was symptomatic that you were constantly putting out fires. And a lot yeah. of it was personal stuff. Um, Some was, none was ideological, really. A lot mm. of it was personal and some of it was as I say, linked with that Limerick group as well, and oh, yeah, the yeah. and, and, and the kind of ethos surrounding them, like it it, it at times it was, it was like waiting for trickle because you were frustrating. You were you were going to meetings mm. and instead of planning events and organising events and and, and 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 analysis of what was happening and putting forward, you know, policy and and and, and so on. You were spending maybe eighty ninety percent of your meeting dealing with an inquiry or a dismissal or mm. a mm. row or a mediation or an inquiry in an inquiry and it was just soul destroying, you know. Mm. Um and as I say, I, I felt it was symptomatic of, of of a lot of issues and problems that were that yeah. were there. And unfortunately then that that, that just kind of mushroomed then over time and a lot of people just kind
2: of just
1: drifted away as well. Yeah. A lot of good people got this illusion, which they do by that kind of thing. It does disillusion yeah. people,
2: you know. Um and you've been on the corridor for a while before that, anyway. So I mean, you had a good sense of. The, well, I had,
1: and I I'd been in the midst of, the of, the of, the, of, of yeah. a lot of it in terms of, and and I, I I'd hoped by twenty ten with the final ending of the Limerick group that, mm-hmm. that would kind of, if you like, withdraw the pies and, and ultimately all we'd gone through. But unfortunately, I think it, 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 at that stage, a lot of harm had been done, and then there was just other issues. Then just began to flare up and. Over yeah. particularly my minor things, um, mm. you know, people would, you know, suddenly became high principle. Um, which yeah. again is very common. Um and it's it, it's common in republicanism at times, um, where everything becomes a principle, you know, everything yeah. becomes a fundamental and it's do or die, which of course it's not like, you know, but if and then what happens is people make them you know, pay themselves into corners, like like for instance I remember uh, the Ardesh in in I think it would have been around 2013, 2012, 2012 mm. actually, because it was it was actually O'Brody's last Ardesh mm. to attend. He, mm. he, he 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 came along and it was a motion down that we do not contest any elections under any circumstances in the six counties. Right, And I remember arguing on behalf of the Aracolia and I remember Obradi got up and spoke on that as well. It was the mm. last time he actually spoke on that and he actually said, please don't tie the hands of the Aracolia. And I made a similar argument. i I just spoken before him. Um I said like this is nonsensical, um yeah, there's nobody because people were throwing out names like like Carl and whatever, and yeah and this. I said nonsense, nonsense, everyone here yeah. in this room were 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 republicans, but mm-hmm. circumstances change in terms of tactically how uh, republicans have always yeah. elections. elections, yeah. you know time immemorial, there would have be been no first all, but yeah. for fact Republicans were willing to contest elections um and you know it, you know uh, we argued at the time there could be some development in the prisons there could be something yeah. the R. should have the ability to sit down and case by case decide yes there's a, there's a case we made here to contest that election or to put forward a candidate or whatever it might be Absolutely. but again this was the kind of stuff that people are engaging in and it was kind of shutting the whole thing down and yeah. like we were saying like that all you're doing is you're 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 you're, you're talking about us being isolated but you, what you're doing is an argument means increased isolation isolation yeah. And again, it was going back to the old mantra. I remember O'Brady saying it to them. You know, um, where do you expect all these fish that you talk about? Where are they going to swim? Where's the water? Uh, you know, how do you think that comes about? It doesn't come about simply by you know, yeah, sitting in an office in Dublin issuing tracks. It, it involves getting out there, getting your hands dirty mm. among the people, and and I mean, yeah. pre- 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 prepared to put yourself out there in front of the people. But again, that was again, uh, as I say, symptomatic of yeah. that, that wider problem and that wider issue and then people were kind of um, becoming much more fractious and people were resigning and mm. such a high principle and in a lot of cases people had left and after a year were almost wondering why did they leave you know and then in cases then pride got the better of them and they, they, they simply wouldn't come back I remember approaching a couple of people and asking them to come back because like I said we, we've nothing mm. you know there's nothing separating us here but pride in a lot of cases they felt they couldn't come back and then it was right. you know Self perpetuating, then they were saying the yeah. thing is in decline, and I remember saying, Well, the reason it's in decline is because people like you were sitting on the sidelines, you mm. know. But as I say, it's symptomatic, I think, of, of that wider problem. I suppose, in some respects, it's kind of self perpetuating, it's 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 you know, yeah. one thing feeds into another, really. You know,
2: do you think it's a structural thing as well, insofar as the context broad, more broadly, has changed? You move beyond Republican Sinn Fein, in a sense,
1: yeah. I, I did a piece for. Village magazine there last year, and it was the 60th anniversary of the 62 yeah. ceasefire. And I kind of gave the Republican argument, which I mean, my my Republicanism hasn't changed. I'm still the same Republican yeah. I always was. But yeah. I, I was simply calling out again, this is again, everything comes high principle. And I was making that argument in that article that people like O'Brady, oh, he did it in 62. You know, I mean, yeah. that leadership sat mm. down and clinically looked at the objective conditions on the ground and said, like, this is madness. This is yeah. going, to be going to do further harm and damage. Yeah. And that was in a situation where it could be argued, easily argued, that that Republican movement was far stronger than any. You know, and when I say yeah. a Republican movement, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, that that, I that I mean. is there now. Yeah. Um, and you know, we now had a certain situation where there were young people facing long terms of imprisonment for something that just wasn't even happening. You know. Yeah. And in terms of you know an end goal and and, and so on, and then taken with that. All of the other events that are that are, that are happening and uh, mm. things that are happening—they just can't be ignored. You know, we we, we you know yeah. no matter what analysis we 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 bring to it, um, yeah. there's certainly very significant changes there. Uh Where it leads to, I think still is an open book. I I, I don't necessarily mean think that it's automatically yeah towards United Ireland, but I think there's definitely compared to where we were five, six, ten years ago. yo, know, there's no comparison. So yeah, I I felt the the points I was making. Had been made by others. I mean, people like Dan Hoban, for instance, have made similar argument in in a academic book. Maurice McIlhenny's book, actually, um, mm. a few years ago, he was interviewed for that. And um, like others have, have, have made similar, but seemingly when I did, the sky fell in. You know, and I yeah. felt at the time when Henry McDonald contacted me that time for that project he was working for the late Henry McDonald mm. um, the project he was working for with Liverpool University. Mm. And I remember when he asked me that question, I was actually sitting exactly where I'm sitting now, and uh, we were doing a Zoom. And he asked me that question, and I felt, you know, uh, it wasn't anything planned or anything. I just felt I can't. This is too serious. I, I you know, I can't, I can't skirt around this, and I, 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 I can't bluster this. This is just, just too important. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I also made it clear at that stage I was no longer president. I was a mm-hmm. member of the R Corley, all right? Um, mm. but I, I made it clear I'm, I, this is not Republican Sinn Féin policy this is yeah, yeah, your own analysis but you know when it was published and when people it, it, it suddenly like the, as I said the sky fell in and yeah, you know I was summoned to uh, um, it was the time of COVID so I was summoned to uh, an online uh, our party meeting yeah meeting and you know it was basically uh, it was like a star chamber like it was literally I was tried and sentenced beforehand. But anyway, um, now at the meeting, you know, there the, was someone who wanted my immediate expulsion. The, the majority mm. wanted to suspend me. And that was ultimately the vote that was to suspend mm. me. And I, I felt at that stage, um, one person actually suggested I would resign, which was to make the easy way out. And I, I, I refused. I said, yeah, yeah, I'm a Republican. I, I've not even resigned for it. like, I'm, i mm. you know, on a, in my own mind, I was saying, I'm not going to make it easy for you. Um, uh But I look, I to me to resign would have been wrong because I, I it's, mm. it was my political home. Um But when it came to the matter of the um, accepting the uh, suspension, I couldn't in conscience because to mm. me, if I was to accept that, you know, first of all, I would have no credibility then. I would be admitting what i said was wrong, and then what, you know, the question then arises: What do I sit and where? Political mm. sackcloth and ashes for six months and then keep my mouth shut then forevermore afterwards, you know, which effectively would be the case, you know. And yeah. I would have, people kind of clap me on the wrists afterwards and saying, Oh, well, you got your warning before now, keep your mouth shut. You know, I, mm. I, 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 to me, I'd have no credibility to do that. So I felt mm. the situation, I had no, I had no option then but to, um, but to resign. resign. Yeah. And I felt it was honest to just simply slink away. Um, I felt it was important because I had been a pre- I had been president. I I I, mm. I, I needed to um, I needed to put in the public record why I was resigning and so on. It wasn't that I, I'm not engaged in any kind of feud republican Republicans vain, Far from it. Yeah. In fact, I've still a lot of really good friends in Republican yeah. in vain. In fact, I was only speaking to one of them there the other day. Uh, he yeah. he phoned me to check me and so on, and I would have absolutely um, no, you know, there, yeah, no, no issue with them. No issue there at all. Yeah, there would be yeah. some. Who on a personal basis would have an issue with me, um, mm. and and um, but like for instance, shortly a few months after uh, it happened, Dan Hoban, who had been one of the kind of mm. veteran Republicans from the old, would have been you know of the O'Brady generation, mm. he died, and um, I thought long and hard, and I felt I, I that's a few people I can't not go to, you know, yeah, and I, I I traveled and I didn't know um, how it would be that, and it was when I went down. I mean, people were literally, I won't say literally queuing, but there was people coming up to shake my hand, they were making it very, very clear I was very welcome. And they were delighted to see yeah. me. And mm-hmm. the family invited me back afterwards for the meal, and we were there. And there was one or two people there, I'm not going to get into names. Or yeah, of course, yeah. And it, it saddened me because there were people that I would have been very, very close to, almost from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, uh, they were almost like family. But, you know, sometimes these things happen, and, and, and unfortunately, that that, that 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 that's the way of it. But... To me, I had to be true to myself. Um, Mm. And I don't, like, I'm not into this thing of claiming what anybody, you know, some Mm. people say, oh, Rory would be very disappointed in you. I don't know. I can't. Rory Brody is dead. I can't speak for him. And I don't claim to. All I can look to is Des Dalton. Um, I have a sense of how people like a Brody and so on would view things. And um, I feel that... my analysis of that would be correct, but as I say, I, I, exam, I, I yeah. never invoke any of those people because I think that's I think that's wrong. I think it's dishonest. I think yeah. you know. Um, mm-hmm. but all, but all I can be is true to myself and my own yeah. republicanism. And as I say I, I've been that, you know. And as you know, I'm I'm, I'm still, as I say, I'm still a Republican. Um, mm-hmm. my views haven't changed yeah, very on true. that on that issue. Um, and it's not even an issue. It's it's, it's uh, you know, as I say, it's it's it's, it's a tactical question.
2: I'd strongly recommend people read the village piece because I, you know, without, without, I just think it's a really powerful piece of work. And I think it really does contextualize the the history of the Republican movement in its various iterations across the last, as you rightly say. These questions have been there since the early 1920s and every well, generation really- has to face new ones like and flexibility and adaptability has, you know,
1: well, like think history is made
2: I, in content, yeah. So even on a human
1: comments. level, I mean, yeah. As a Republican leader, I I couldn't have my conscience that I was encouraging a young hmm. young, young people to go out and maybe look at maybe facing ten years in in Mugabry. for what I I couldn't look that person in the face, yeah, and say to them oh, well done, um, or their family, or the family of a person who's killed in yeah. some conflict, you know, in some yeah action, um, the further this at a time when there isn't the prospect of any kind of campaign um, or at least even less so uh, any campaign leading to any kind of tangible progress, you know, even uh, mm-hmm. even in a, from a moral point of view. I was talking yeah. about Billy yeah. McKee, you know, under any stretch of the imagination, Billy McKee could not have been um, yeah. viewed as any kind of compromising Republican. He was the hard, yeah. line, the hard line. But yeah. even in about the 75 truce, as he said, when it was put to the than leadership, that there was a the prospect that the British government were prepared, possibly prepared to negotiate withdrawal. Mm. As McKee said, we couldn't in conscience continue a campaign knowing that there was the possibility that we could end it now or mm. in, in, the, in the very short term. And yeah. um, that, that was something that it, it wasn't going kind a of nihilistic sense of oh, there has to be some kind of continued ongoing mm. campaign. Like, because I, I noticed some of the people that are there now that's what they talk about. Like, it's almost like, I I, I see some of the people come out and criticise me. was not necessarily from Republican Sinn Féin, but mm. some people from 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 elsewhere. And like, one of them was almost like, in terms of, you know, it, was, it wasn't was even, the, it was almost like jihadist kind of stuff. It was almost like, um, there was no prospect of any situation of a negotiation. Like, it was simply there be an armed campaign and then there was a rage withdrawal. I mean, that that's a nonsense. I mean, that's even yes. people like go and any kind of thinking leadership yeah. would never think in yes. those terms would never speak in those mm-hmm. terms you know exactly Um, as I say it's kind of a, it's a nihilism really and that's yeah. to me that's not going to as I say morally it's wrong and I think also in terms of even on a practical level that's not going to attract the kind of progressive uh, yeah. capable intelligent young people that you need in any political organisation or movement you know the yeah. best and the brightest are certainly not going to be attracted by that kind of message you know Yeah.
2: you're now essentially an independent republican yeah you had a very interesting piece on the pensive quill in April this year, which yep. I'd recommend everybody read, because I think it's a really interesting insight into where your politics stands at the moment. And in a sense, how how little has it changed and how much has it changed, but it's remained consistent. And what I'm thinking is like, I, and for instance, you had some points there about like the dangers of those like there's a danger for obviously in Ireland now yeah. from the far right yeah. and the yeah. xenophobic nationalism and so yeah. forth.
1: Yeah. Broadly on that point about the xenophobia and 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 the, and, the, and yeah. the racism, it do it did concern me. And it does concern me that there are some people. Most of those I don't, they're outwaving the tricolour ever. I I, mm. I ignore them because they, you know these are people, especially those of an age, who had no involvement in republicanism mm. at any stage in the past. These people were not anywhere connected with or republicanism, in the eighties oh. or the nineties or at any other time, mm. and suddenly they're telling everybody else that they're mm. more Irish than, than you whatever. You know, they, they, they're they just to me fascist opportunists and that that's what they are and should be. It does worry me and it concerns me there are some people, not a lot, but there are some and I know on social media, and I don't get into any kind of social mm. media debates, but I know there's some people that are connected with some groups there that are voicing things that to me is it's not republicanism and it was part of that that, that, that moved me to write that because I felt it's important to be reassert. That's Republicanism was always about punching up. It was never Absolutely. about punching down. It was always about going after the yeah. most powerful. Whether you agreed with it yeah. or not, you know, it, it was always on the side mm. of the underdog. And, like, I know that regardless of their positions and various other things, any of the Republicans that we mm. talked about earlier, um, they would never associate themselves yeah. with something like this, you know. Um, you know, it was always anti-colonial. It was always on the side of those Absolutely. that were struggling. Um, and to me, to line ourselves up along or to see people trying to line republicanism up uh or their version of it alongside you know people like the the tommy robinsons in this world it's 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 mind-blowing to be honest with you you know i mean these these people are the enemies of everything progressive and republicanism is going back to i mean republicanism comes from tone from from the french revolution and from all of that ferment of ideas of the 18th century of enlightenment and everything else i mean to me it's a travesty that would be in any way associated Mm. with something like this so i think it's important i think that republicans do speak out and i know in fairness to people Mm. like tommy mccarney and others and i know there's a lot of former republican prisoners i think there was a group that signed a letter there there during the summer um and you know i applaud that i think it was a fantastic um initiative to do that you know um i think we need more and more of that um because i think this 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 stuff needs to be confronted Mm.
2: Where do you see things going now? I mean, how do you think independent Republicans should perhaps carry forward, or what would you say is the is the best way, or the thoughts that you have, even in general terms, to how things should move? Yeah,
1: work? It's, it's it's a difficult one, as I as I, I said. Mm. Piece, I, I, there's no easy answers, and I I don't pretend to have them. I, I, I had some people even contact me privately and asking me, you know, what what where I thought, and I, I gave the same answer as I did in that piece that, mm. like. I think another organisation. I don't think is the answer for a start. I, as mm. I said, you know, I think
0: yeah.
1: the alphabet soup of republicanism it's 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 it's, it's, it's overflowing it's at this stage. and I think yeah. I think it would just turn people off. And I, I just I don't, mm. see a, a d'etre. I don't see a a raison d'être. I don't see a a space for it, if you like. If you like, mm. um, I do think that the most progressive and most dynamic thinking that's within. If for want of it, I, I would describe it as tr- traditional republicanism at the moment is within that independent group now, um, mm. which is quite ever growing, you know. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. as we were talking earlier about the amount of former members of various political or- organizations, yeah. there's that independent group is ever growing, and yeah. a lot of very good people out there, like people like Tommy McCarney. Mm. Um, I know he mightn't thank me for regrouping him there, but he is broadly part of it. Mm. Anthony McIntyre is another one, I know Anthony mm. is very yeah. in- independent of independence, so. Yeah. Uh, but I think he would still broadly be part of that kind of, you know, that yeah. milieu um, and, and others like that. You know, I know there are some people talking about maybe how to tap that. And, uh, you know, I, I you may, maybe there is a, a possibility of maybe tapping into that and maybe broadening out the base to mm. look at making republicanism more relevant in terms of a lot of the other issues that are there, be it the environment, um, mm. be it, you know, in terms of the, the the most basic things, things like, you know, housing Social, yeah, economic, help. and yeah. I mean, we still have what's happening in, in the abnormality of the six county state is still there yeah. for all to see. I mean, it's not functioning. It at this stage, it mm. doesn't even appear to have even a functioning police force, and um, because again, it points to the fact that it's it's not a workable state ultimately. I mean, it what lies at its heart is this sectarian, you know, morass basically, and and that demographic is even changing. And I think, mm. bearing in mind what I said before, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not simplistically saying there's some straight path to united ireland coming from this but there are definitely real changes there and i think without the sound of gunfire in the background or the threat of it i think Mm. there is advice there is a space there for a traditional republican message i think Mm. that not everybody is engaged by provision Sinn Féin and what they have to say Mm. um either side of the border i think there's an ever-growing number of people there are becoming more and more disillusioned and i think that will i think that will accelerate somewhat if they go into government, which looks strong possibility in the hmm. South, I think it'd be more and more increasingly more difficult for them to kind of play that, you know, outsider role. Uh, I think they're already part and parcel of the establishment. And I think that will open up a, another demographic there as well. But at the moment, I don't, Repub- traditional republicanism isn't, isn't speaking to that, that 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 group. And the only organized groups that are there are those that are kind of tied to Continued support for some kind of an armed campaign, yeah. and unfortunately, that's going to kind of further marginalise them. You know, so it's it's how we bring together, how people do bring together that 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 wider collection of 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 independent republican thinking and 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 melding into something. Um, I'm sorry if it sounds all a bit fuzzy, but it it to no, me no, no, it is no. because it's 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 very complex, even in terms of bringing those people together as well. They're, you know, they're what they are; they're very independent, strong-willed personalities. Yeah. yeah. Um but maybe possibly shaping something from that like i know there's there's things like that that the the that, that, that Pat O'Donnell mm. forum and and others like that which are are all very positive uh and maybe something like that could be yeah. used to try and maybe bring bring that kind of thinking together and from that maybe develop something you know some kind of a strong social movement or whatever from it and mm-hmm. uh with 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 a strong republican or strong republican ethos you know um as I say, I, I remain a Republican a traditional Republican. I suppose in terms of my ideology, it would still be very much with the exception of that, very close to Republican Chapane, to be honest with you. So yes, I've yeah. no interest in joining or being a member of any yeah. any organization and, and I've made that clear like from day one. Yeah. But if I can certainly help in any way or contribute to that kind of debate or discussion, I I I'd certainly be happy to do that, you know. Um my other area at the moment, um, apart from Aaron Crust is. I'm. I'm also interested in. I'm doing a lot more kind of historical research and writing, and I'm hoping to do a bit more of that. And even to me, that's a contribution as yeah. well. Um. Um. Not to write propaganda, but to. Mm. I think uh, historical analysis and perspective, with a, with a Republican, you know, perspective mm. as well. Done, you know, done to a, a reasonable academic standard. I think that, that's important, and I'd like to think that I can maybe co- contribute in some way in that. And that that's something that at the moment I, I've been. I've been uh, I've been doing and I've given some like I gave a paper at the UCC Civil War Conference last year, um, yeah. and um, yeah. I've also written a book chapter on Joe McGarity and Clan de Gale uh, right, yeah. the uh, Civil War period and so on stuff like that you know which I think there's there's lesser aspects of of kind of Republican history that are are maybe ignored and I think it's important that they're that they're not lost sight of and that it's it's again a little bit maybe part of that keeping the flame alive as well maybe that's my humble contribution to it at the moment you know
2: it continues things move forward yeah thank you thank you very much really really appreciate the chance to to talk to you about about your politics and your activism well, look, and... thanks
1: thanks to thanks to both of you and yeah. really well, appreciate the, the opportunity
2: to be here